How you doing? This is your host, Edgar Traves, the host of the Floral Podcast. Now today on the show, my co-host will be Cousin Primo and my good friend Fredo. And we're going to be chatting about that marvelous book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. If you go to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com, there you'll see a complete catalog of all our episodes, but also we will have playlists with specific topics in mind. So if you like to listen to our fight recaps, you can go to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com, and see more of that. So we broke it up into three pieces. We have two actual episodes and a shorty. Just so you know, uh, we're covering the first four books in this episode. Warning, we are going to be spoiling the crap out of this graphic novel. So if you want to keep listening, you've been warned. So without further ado, on with the show. Welcome with... I already fucked it up. Dude, it's already uh, <laughs> emotional. The book is too emotional for you. <laughs> Dude, it was. It was emotional. Welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Edgar Otra Vez. Otra Vez. I didn't do it last time. <laughs> and today on the show, I have my cousin Primo. What's up, cousin Primo? What's up, brothers? Primo the house. And I have my good friend Fredo. What's up, Fredo? I like turtle. There you go. <laughs> and as Fredo was alluding to, today's uh, topic of conversation is the book, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin by Kevin Eastman and Peter La- uh, Liard. Laird. 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 <laughs> Laird. I, you know, I never knew how to say that guy's name. I just always saw it, you know, I never mm. said it, you know. Um, so let's go around and uh, give our takes, man. Like, uh, Primo, what do you think? Like it? Dislike it? Oh, I, I couldn't put the book down as soon as I got it. I actually waited till I got the big book. I didn't want to deal with, like, fishing or trying to find the one book and then find end up finding out that I missed one. No. I actually, when I got it, read it the first day. I, re- I had to read it again because I forgot about some of the stuff. And I just like, oh, man, this is a great book. A real great book. It, it's good. I, I liked it a lot, yeah. too. So uh, what about you, Fredo? What do you think of the book? Oh, I love the book. Yeah. I actually read it issue by issue. There were a few times because were the book got delayed mm. mul- multiple times. So I had to wait. <laughs> more than usual but yeah no i i love the the dark tone the very adult themed ninja turtle and i love the fact that we got like like uh, an end to the ninja turtles like if there were to be an end like this that was their whole idea of like if we were to write the end to this story like what it would be yeah, right. Peter, Peter and Kevin, I guess, uh, discussed the ending a long time ago before they, right, right, before they mm-hmm. this even happened. And then, I guess for whatever reason, Kevin Eastman decided it was time to put yeah, this put book it out. out. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really think this is a great idea. I think it should be made a movie. You know, and uh, I don't know what they would do when it goes to a movie. Like, you know how they always rewrite stuff and. <clears throat> They rebuild this whole world, and there's a lot of flashbacks. So I don't know how you would do that in the movie. There would be just so many characters you have to cast. I would almost rather see it animated. It would Mm. be, I think, it would be easier to animate it 
versus to have a live action movie. But I mean, I say make it a live action movie and put them in the rubber suits, the original rubber suits. Oh shit! Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, that'd like, be great. Like the suits. I thought, I thought you were always against those rubber suits. I love the rubber suits. I like the first set of rubber suits. Same, same here. Yeah, yeah. The first movie, the one where they actually uh, Jim Henson like actually worked on that. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the second and third and every other iteration after that, those suits were crap. Yeah, you know, the first There's... set of Ninja Turtle suits were the fucking shit. If they were to do this as a movie, they should go back to those suits. Like, I'm not mm. saying you know go find them and dig them up and wear them. I'm saying like go back to that design and base off the new the new designs off of that and, set of designs. How, how fucking awesome was that design of the last Ronin though? He was oh. bad, he was badass. It looked He's badass. badass. <laughs> but he was big, bulky turtle with like all this all the weapons, and then yeah, like yeah. he it looked he looked like he. He looked rough, but like he looked like yeah, he was. He's been through some shit. Yeah, yeah. Plus, plus he's old, so like yeah. he's. Yeah. I mean, an he's an old turtle. turtle, right? So he's basically like old man Logan. It's a little bit mm-hmm. like that. So like yeah, exactly. It, it's a very similar kind of dystopian uh, story, and you have an old grizzled old yeah. warrior taking the story. Yeah. I could have yeah. sworn they said how old he was. Do you, he's like a hundred something years old. Oh. Years old. Yeah, no. he was. A, he, well, really? I mean, they said he was a hundred years old, but that doesn't make sense because April O'Neil isn't hundred yeah, years April old. Yeah, April O'Neil is like, but and April O'Neil was older than they were, right? Mm-hmm. They just kind of said it was in a distant future, where in a dystopian type of like post-apocalyptic looking future. Mm-hmm. I want to play some. So, like, I mean, it's, and it still takes place in New York too. So yeah, still, yeah, because you're looking at the main the main villain is actually um, what's oh, her name? Um, Let's uh, warn the audience now. Okay, we're gonna go into spoilers. All right, so we gave you our takes. We all like the book. If you don't want to know what happens next, now is your time to leave. We're gonna go into <laughs> heavy spoilers. So leave, because, read, read the book, and then come back. Yeah, if you don't care, right. that's fine. Then you can hang out and listen, because <laughs> we're about to tell you the whole fucking story, and we're gonna yeah, make don't our just, don't just leave and never come back. No, come back, <laughs> no, come back. <laughs> please come back, please come back. Don't read yeah. it, read <laughs> it. You know, go to your local comic book shop and yeah. get the book, and then read it, and then come back. Yeah, or yeah. if you don't care, listen on anyway. You know, like you know, oh, yeah. I don't care if you spoil the story. Go ahead. You want to make it easier on yourself? Just go to Amazon. Uh, what do they call it for the books? Kindle? Uh, or, Kindle? No, yeah, go to uh, Kindle, Kindle Prime and get the book from there. Yeah. So so anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I had to make sure that the audience is aware that we're about to spoil yeah. the shit out of this book. So right. continue on, Cousin Primo. Okay. So like the main villain in here is the, is the son of Karai. And oh. he's in his like, which is... um um. He's like in his thirties uh, or something Uruku, or twenties. Rukusaki's grandson. Yes. Oh yeah. You talk about Hiroto. 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 Yeah. Oroku Uroku Hiroto. Yeah. So we should we just go into the first issue and yeah, let's let's let's, let's go into the first issue. So uh, here I'll I'll start and then you guys can jump in and fill in the fucking details as we go. Mm-hmm. So the story starts with a turtle who we can't the last Ronin, the last Ronin. We don't know who Mm -hmm. this turtle is, Mm -hmm. right? He essentially just arrives 
out of the water, right? And he yeah. walks into and New York. It's and- like a very like disgusting, muddy looking river or lake. Which happens to be outside of New York because yeah. New York is now boarded up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when he comes out the water, we find out that New York is, or Manhattan, the island of Manhattan is completely walled like, off. Walled off mm-hmm. from everyone at all the other places. Yeah. Yeah. And the water is complete slush. It's completely polluted. I, I think they mentioned it was toxic too. Yeah. It is toxic. It's poisonous. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's poisonous for most normal humans, but apparently that does not uh, affect. affect- the- this turtle. The last Ronin. Yeah. yeah. We don't know who he is at first, right? Mm-hmm. As we follow him through the story, he climbs over the wall, he infiltrates the city, and then manages to steal somebody's bike who happens... Oh, to, but yeah. before that, while he's making his trek to the island, yeah, you hear voices or he's talking to somebody. Oh, yeah. He is talking to approaching. people. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a sec. So he's he's talking to people. Yeah. And you about what really, he's gonna do and how his yeah his yeah. plan. And they're and they're like heckling him kind of and or yeah. like giving mm-hmm. him advice or whatever. So they're helpful and not helpful. You don't really know who they are. I think after a while you kind of get a sense that it's it's the other turtles, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you said uh, when he arrives and he he gets to the bike, you see you see them behind. Yeah. You see the shadows of the And it's not exactly clear whether they're there or not. Right? They're yeah, in right, the shadows, right. but they're not dressed like he is. Mm-hmm. So like right now, you know, right there and then you realize there's there's something off about the other characters or the other turtles that are there. And uh we don't really understand that they're they're essentially ghosts. That becomes clear later on. But right. like you're not aware that they're ghosts. Now, were they ghosts? Well, maybe we could discuss that later. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't yeah. know if they're ghosts, right? Because I don't know if it's just because I'm not very spiritual person, but I interpreted that a little different. But they, you we'll know, get there. We'll get there. If, yeah, yeah. We they might be. I sort of figured that it was just the voices in his head. Well, we can discuss that yeah. a little more yeah. in depth. Uh, I think mm-hmm. post the book, but we'll make. I'll make sure to make a, a note to discuss that at the <clears> end. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they come in, you know, and they infiltrate the the walls and get into the city, they get, you know, he steals a bike. So he steals yeah. a bike from like a gang. It looked like a bike gang. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and so he runs off with the and bike. He particularly, he took a bike from a particular person that they referred to Jones. Yes, a chick mm-hmm. that had like a purple hat and purple outfit. Yes, and and so like yeah, you hear the name Jones, and so you're like, yeah. oh, is this? This yeah. is a daughter of Casey Jones, right? So mm-hmm. then he uses the bike. He gets to the, he gets himself to, I guess the target, which is this giant building, and then he tries to get through the building. But before he even gets there, he starts getting attacked by, basically soldiers, foot police. And as he continues on to try to like uh, infiltrate the place, he goes through the sewers. He tries to come up through the building or through the city he comes up he comes up through the sewers again after ditching the bike battling a few people and then he's met with resistance from like some robots some like ninja looking robots right and they start referring to him as an intruder and then Mm -hmm. that's when he starts beating them up or whatever 
Yeah, and the, uh, actually... at one point, uh, I know I might be skipping ahead a little bit here, but at one point, he comes across what uh, seems to be a cyborg hybrid, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a human slash, you know, robot. And it seems like this that was... was crazy too. We find that out because he like decapitates the, the the robot, and then you see like a cracked like helmet, and you see like an eye. Yeah, and you right. see all this mechanical stuff. And I can't just I I, I feel nothing but disgust <laughs> and, and sorrow for that character. Right? It looks like this was done to him, not that mm-hmm. he chose it, but. And and uh, there might maybe there's a little mind control involved. Who knows? But, but so, I mean, this is the future that we're we're like this story is set in. We're like you know we got cyborgs, we got toxic water in the and uh, the ocean or lake. Yeah, and along the so, way we we uh, we meet Oroku Hirato. Uroko Hirato, as we've mentioned, is the son of Uroku Saki. Or I'm sorry, the grandson of Uroku Saki and son of Uroku Kirai, right? So, and he's ruling this world with like an iron fist, right? He's mm-hmm. he, he's like the king of Manhattan, right? And right. he's completely taken over. Exactly. The turtle continues to try to infiltrate this building, and he doesn't get very far. He eventually uh, faces. A series of flying mousers, which was crazy to see. Might I add? I haven't even mm-hmm. thought of mousers in years, dude. <laughs> right? And so then mousers come out of the wall, attack him. Right? He throws like a bomb or something, gets rid of most of them. But then like or, or EMP, I'm sorry, uh, and disables most of them. But then there's a giant mouser that jumps out at him, and basically pushes him out the window. And he falls face forward on the concrete, right? And amazingly yeah. is able to survive the fall. Right. Because he actually infiltrated, like, made his way up to at least a couple a couple stories high. Yeah. yeah. So when he got confronted with those robots, and then when he falls, he can't even believe that he's even alive. There's yeah. like, he says, I should be. There's he's like, like saying, I should be dead. Flying cars in this future. time, too, so. Yeah, I got very. It looked very like Fifth Element vibes when he was like jumping from car to car as he oh, was yeah. like going up, yeah, was, like smashing and then. Yeah. So yeah, he 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 got up there. It was this tower, mm-hmm. uh, like on top of this yeah huge skyscraper, almost looking. Yeah. So, right. So then when he falls on his face on concrete from stories high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group that he stole the bike from shows up, and right before he passes out, the girl basically takes him. Right. Well, they he fell down, and then the the cyborg guys show up, and then there she was like, "Oh, you're looking for whatever guy? He went that way." Yeah. You know, and sends them the wrong way. Yeah. Because she saw that the uh, the last Ronin had sneaked out under underneath the sewer and like was able to like escape down the sewer but she led them the wrong way yeah and then that that's when mm-hmm. she proceeds to follow where he went yeah and then he's about to commit you know honorable suicide seppuku or whatever that's called mm-hmm. and before he does the girl stops him right and he, he passes... lays down all his web all the weapons from all the four turtles and then like and then he passes starts out. talking talking uh, to them or yeah 
I don't remember if he said like, like he was he was he was talking about like oh I I wasn't able to finish what we're trying to do or like yeah. what mm-hmm. we like were he had failed he was yeah, basically he, saying that he had he had been he had failed and he was gonna take himself out but right. yeah before he did that though we get we flash back to Hiroto yeah and and we see right. he has his his mom is in like like coma, a stasis chamber so like a chamber yeah yeah and he's right. talking to her yeah his so, mom or whatever yeah she's unconscious and probably near death and he's barely keeping her mm-hmm. alive right and you don't really under and, and you get a sense of like oh he's trying to keep her alive like he's trying to save her somehow mm-hmm. right and that's where that is at that point but then yes so then that leads us into the part where the uh, last Michael, ronin passes out Ooh, i was gonna say the name so <laughs> la- last ronin passes out and while the last ronin is out he he starts having some kind of like dream, right? Dream. Yeah. But mm-hmm. is he, is it a dream or did he die for a little exactly. bit? Exactly. Yeah. They made it, it so it's like you, you're wondering if, is this a dream or is this the turtle going to heaven or passing right, away? Like he sees the, he sees the light before the end of the tunnel type deal. Well, you know, right. where he's about to like, he he looks like he's dying and then what happens he wakes up and not only does he wake up when he wakes up he, f- he happens to see an old friend who happens to be april o'neill and very back in old. the, tor- in the <laughs> very april old O'Neil. april o'neill exactly a, yeah. a, a torn up pretty beat up Tore april up, yeah, beat up april o'neill you know ends up in the old lair too the old turtle layer. The last Ronin is Michelangelo. Okay, you see, don't pause because when you pause, that's I when know, shit I happens. Pause now. I did. I just said. Okay, that's Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah, he is the last Ronin. He is the last Ronin. Okay. There you go. I just say because so, like fucking. He is the last Ronin. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, now April O'Neil uh, wakes him up and she's like, "Who are you talking to, Michelangelo?" And then that. Mm-hmm. issue ends there but yeah right yeah. and that and is that's the first issue and that is the first book and it's kind of short in comparison to the other books seems like am yeah, i right yeah yeah you're right because mm-hmm. the other books seem a lot longer than than the first book well the other books explain other parts of the of what's going on with him as well and what happened to the other to the other three and master splinter but what did, what did you guys think when you got to that part or when you ended that first well, like this guy had already told me it was Michelangelo, oh, really? so mm-hmm. that that surprise wasn't wasn't uh, didn't hit me as hard as it it should well, I, guess, I don't think. I guess I'll ask this: What did you think of the choice to make Michelangelo the last Ronin? Okay, so and I think I said this to Mike. I'm uh, Mike, Primo. <laughs> I got Mikey on the brain. I think I said this to Primo uh, when he told me. Uh, I can't help but think that that is the hardest choice to make or the that's like the the most sensitive person to put in that position because mikey isn't the warrior like leonardo is right right and he's also not the 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 tough guy that Raphael is if it was donatello i think it also hit me the same because donatello is is a little nerdier right and i don't know for me, that's why I thought it was perfect. Like, yeah, he was the last Ronin. 
It is Rob, Rob, yeah, Rob, yeah. I think Rap or Leonardo would have been too obvious. Like you can't like Yeah. Yeah, but in they're... most of the books and the animation, they both um come up with a tournament. In the comic books they, there was a tournament as well as the 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 show. Michelangelo was the winner of that tournament. He actually beat out Raphael. Because he's the best martial artist or the most what? Why? What's the reasoning he, behind he it? He was like the most cunning martial artist. Because mm. mm. he beat he beat um, Raphael when it was supposed to be them two. They were the last two to who was going to be the champion. And he defeated Raphael. So that makes sense because he's definitely like the wackier guy and probably the most creative when it comes to combat. So he mm -hmm. probably thinks out of the box a lot. Right. You know? So, but like, but, so his survival makes sense, but also like, I mean, it could have been anybody, but I think right, right. emotionally it's, it's a harder, I think it's the, it's the choice that is the most striking because he is, he is not emotionally equipped. He's never been shown to be emotionally equipped to handle a situation. Well, and like of this. the, and of the four turtles, he's probably the least with leadership, like qualities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not to say that he, he couldn't be a leader, but, you know, he was mostly goofing off. Nickelodeon released a bunch of short films, like during the anniversary of Ninja Turtles. And they did one when it was the, it was the future. And it was the Teenage Mutant Mecha Turtles. Oh, right. Man. And it was four, four Mecha Turtles. Right. And they ended up being kids in armor suits. Oh, interesting. And their, and their, and their teacher was Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Yeah, he's old. He has a beard and everything, and he's like, "Sensei, we kick butt." And he goes, "No, my students." And he started talking like Master Splinter. Okay, so stop right there because you're going to spoil the rest of this. Well, that kind of leads into that, yeah. Yeah, the next issue. <laughs> so, doesn't, doesn't really? no, no, I think it's in the third no. issue. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I think it's a mm -hmm. little further in, but anyway, so we we go into the next book and in the, the next part. Uh, we see April O'Neil laying in bed, basically kind of remembering uh, a past life, right? With Casey Jones, Casey Jones essentially, you know, proposes to her. And uh, of course, you know, they're having this romantic moment and it's interrupted by what seems to be the Foot Clan attacking the turtles. So the turtles come in, they have just been attacked by by the foot clan and everybody is a mess. And then she wakes up. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> but then she goes back into that memory and, and just continues to remember all the different details. Some of which are like, you know, master splinter is So yeah, master splinter is, is severely well, the turtles break in or come in uh, to April Neil's apartment. Yeah. And they, they, push out all the food that she had prepared because uh, for this evening and then it was they, like thanksgiving they, yeah, or they were they were going to reveal to the turtles that they're getting married they're engaged mm -hmm. that, that yeah. was the big uh like dinner that they were going to have but yet but yeah the i think raf comes in he pushes all the food out and then they they lay down splinter on the table and the, yeah he's gotten beat up pretty bad and and I guess yeah, they were ambushed by uh, uh, what's the clan that the foot is from? 
They uh, refer to the different clans. There's the two clans. There's the ones that the turtles are from, and then there's the. Well, I mean the the Himato clan. The Himato, I, the Himato clan Himato is and the and the, um, the Oroku clan. Orokus. Yeah. Right. Okay. The, the... So then it flashes back to the present, where we see April O'Neil, and we realize, oh, like she's got. She's been she's she has an arm amputated. She has a leg amputated and it is it is rough to see, man. Uh, So she's got to put on these pieces and you're seeing her struggle with her putting it on. Meanwhile, Mikey's in the other room talking to the other turtles. Another thing that that happened when she woke up and she was putting the prosthetics, you see she calls out to Casey. And then you see you see in the distance the the hockey stick and the, and the hockey mask. Yeah. So but you, you she, think she, but, but she, but you think she's calling out to Casey Jones, but she's actually calling out to her daughter. Who's name? Oh. Casey. Oh, it was the way, the way it was framed. Yeah. She, she, cause she woke up and she, she was, yeah, I, I think as the, the way I read it was like, she woke up and she was trying to, she was just wondering where her daughter was. So she goes, Casey, but the way they framed it, when she called her out, called her name, yeah, there was like a hockey mask with a stick. Oh, right, she said, she said, hey, she said, hey, Casey, and then you see the picture of the hockey mask and all that stuff, and he goes, mm-hmm. a little help here, because she lost, she she dropped her so foot. It, her it, it, could, it could, it could, it's like a double meaning type of thing, like exactly, could be uh, talking to her, you know. Her dead husband. Yeah, which we um, haven't. <laughs> well, I mean, you get the you get the sense that he's yeah, not around. Yeah, I mean, he's not around. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But yeah, she was. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but you see, like these slow reveals, right? I think that's what one of the things that the book really does well. Yeah, it these, does really good. Yeah, yeah, there's there's these slow reveals, and so you don't know who's alive, who's it's, dead. It's like a big puzzle. You're just putting it all together as as you you're getting slow or like pieces of it and it's all coming together yeah yeah there's that and then there's the jumping back and forth in time mm-hmm. it, i gotta admit it was a little hard for me to to kind of follow sometimes but like if you notice they do use different color palettes and different drawing styles for when they jump back and forth in time yeah and did you notice the one black and white style yeah it's very yeah. reminiscent of the original drawings because yeah, it, it was drawn mm-hmm. from from Kevin Eastman himself. Oh, yeah, he drew those. He drew uh, some panels on all the issues. Yeah, and you, th- and you could tell which ones they are because they're the black and whites that that reckon back to the old style of the original comic book. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that. That was very nice. So then uh, you see the next scene. Mikey's talking to the ghosts, or you know, the other turtles. Mm-hmm. And they're just talking about Master Splinter, but also finishing the job, right? And he's arguing with them, right. you know? And there's, along the way, he has this argument with them where he's like, well, you know, he's the one who survived, and he has a responsibility to carry out the destiny of of, uh, of finishing the, the task of <clears throat> ending the feud, between the Hamato mm. clan and the Oroku clan. God, I hope I, I hope I got that name right. Do you, do you guys? I didn't write it down, but yeah, I know. 
because they never ne- once mentioned Foot Clan or anything. They just referred to the different. Hamato Yoshi. Yes, it's Hamato Yoshi. Remember Hamato Yoshi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the original. Shredder. No, Hamato right. Yoshi. Oh, yeah, the, t- uh, the teacher of Splinter. Ma- uh, Splinter's master. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Owner or something like that. Yeah, it's Hamato. He was a pet rat. Yes. That was his owner. And he was right. learning he was learning ninja ninja stuff from his little cage. Who keeps a pet rat, by the way? <laughs> when, you're, when you're poor, you grab whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, that's true, man. So then uh we flash back to where I guess the turtles are having a, a really bloody battle. It's uh, Raphael who's fighting Oroku Kirai. And I guess that battle ends, and please fill in the details, guys. But When the uh, scene with the Master Splinter on, on the table at April's apartment, and we find out that Raphael's gone. The turtles turn around, and then, because he, he was pleading with them, it's like, oh, we got to do something. And then Leo was just like, no, we got to stay here. We had to attend to Splinter. And then they turn around, and then he was gone. And then that's where this picks up after we get the uh, Mikey talking to his brothers. It cuts to mm-hmm. Raphael, and he looks like he's going after the clan. He's taking vengeance for yeah. what they did to Master Splinter. He gets really jacked up with the fight with just the soldiers themselves because one thing that the Foot Clan had always had was a large number of fighters. And so they outnumber mm-hmm. him, and they basically just – Freaking shish kebab. Oh, they, they throw everything at him. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually, like, Kirai takes him into the water and just, they just kill each other. They die in the water. So here's, here's a question for you guys. Okay. Is this where Raphael dies? Yeah. 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 I could have sworn they, he was in the book later. No. No, he's, no he doesn't they show up. Stab each, he, she stabs, Karai stabs Raphael as they go in the water. And his last dying breath, he stabs her in the back. Yeah. And she got him like her right, down. right up the throat with the, and yeah, with the sword. And she, he stabbed her with one of the sides. Yeah. Back. And then they were both like just fall down, sink yeah. to the water. Yeah. And that was, yeah. dude. I was like, no, you know, like to tell you the truth, I thought he'd be the last one. You thought he would be the one of the last ones to die. Yeah, he's like the hardcore fighters. But he's the one with the the bad. Like he can never hold his rage, or he's he's always his instinct is always not to like wait for things or plan plan out what the best strategy is. He's always been the one who's like. With the you know the the high headed one the yeah. high head yeah well so, he was, he's a high head and he's also impulsive right yeah so right. so like uh, that's that's his problem so he won't he wasn't gonna sit by and wait right, for a right. plan and wait mm-hmm. for uh, retaliated you know re- wait to re- retaliate with an with a well planned out attack he was going to go out there and take care of stuff himself while these yeah. guys are distracted because he knows mm-hmm. that they would stop him he knows that they would be like no that's not the way we do things we got to think about how we're going to and these guys like no fuck this you know i'm going to take care of this myself of all the turtles he's the one that leans more into the his rage like 
he gets angry, he's going to act on that. Yeah. He's exactly. going to think about it. Yeah. And, and I think in the long run, it makes sense that he's one of the first to die. Right. But yeah. I mean, like Primo saying, like he's a warrior, right? I, I would have thought he would have survived. But yeah, he probably puts himself in a lot of danger a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. number just caught up with him. I mean, and it just caught up with him. And it looked like he, he wasn't afraid to die. Like he, he was willing to like sacrifice, like the beating he took just to get to, uh, what's her name? Like at the end. Yeah, Kirai. And, the, and, the, and, then, and then the fight they'd have, like he was ready to die. It just looked from all the panels. It was just like, uh, yeah, I'm here to finish this. And, yeah. the, and it didn't matter if I, I, I go down. Same thing with Michelangelo though, right? But and he the- gets there. Raph has always been this way, I think. Or yeah, yeah, and I think I think one of the things that may be happening with with Michelangelo too is that he's got like survivor's guilt, right? Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, and then there's also like loneliness. Mm-hmm. He probably hates being by himself. He always had his four brothers, and now he's got no one, right? So of all the of all the four, I think he would he was always the one that. That that needed that companionship of the of the other turtles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leonardo probably did too, but like for the sake of, uh, but he was he was all all about the leadership. He needed the other turtles so he can lead them. Right? right. He needed to be a leader. Raph, he was the one who was like, I don't need you guys. Yeah. If yeah. there was again, like he'd be the one who who'd be a Ronin, but he would be, he would be the obvious choice. Yes, of course. Yeah. So yeah. now we have a conversation uh, in the present where Mikey's having a conversation basically with, with uh, 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 <clears throat> April O'Neil, who's, by the way, now April Jones, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And that blows my mind because uh, <laughs> one, one of the things that I always kind of thought would happen was maybe she would maybe hook up with one of the turtles, but that's weird, right? But really, you thought that? <laughs> well, because they were always, always so like you know about her, yeah. right? They they found her attractive. They, yeah, they had a crush mm-hmm. on her for sure, but yeah, I, I'm sure she would have just yeah. No, like, it wasn't like, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like later, like, on, nah, later in the nah. comics, they said later in the comics and all that other stuff. The one who had a a big big crush on her was Donnie. Oh really? Yeah, and they ever did it in the, even did it in the last the cartoon series that came out before the the other one that he actually was like I'm in love with her. And they hated the fact that he was with Casey. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so funny. But in the more uh, recent yeah. iterations of the turtles, April has been younger. She's almost like same age as as the turtles so i can see exactly. the attraction being uh much you know bigger in the more recent turtles yeah mm-hmm. uh, and, and more possible right because now right. they put them in the same age group same age group yeah mm-hmm. so then uh one of the fantastic things that happen in this in this uh conversation is casey marie jones gets introduced formally to mm-hmm. michelangelo and of course, I'm blown away, right? I knew it was coming because she was, you know, somebody referred to her as Jones. But then when she comes in and actually starts interacting, I'm like, wow, this is really cool, right? 
Well, at first, April April yells out, "Casey, like come come in here." Yeah. And then Mikey Mikey thinks it's Casey Jones because he, he he doesn't know that. First of all, he didn't know that April was still alive, and 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 he's like, "Oh, Casey Jones, you're still alive!" Like kind of. And then that's when we see it's actually Casey Marie Jones. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that relationship <clears throat> really got me right here, man. <laughs> that relationship with Michelangelo and Casey Jones really got me right in the. It's really tugged on the heartstrings there. And they were it, bros. Well, yeah, they were. They were yeah. all bros, all of them. He was like the yeah. bigger yeah. brother, the older brother that they fucking you know. Fucking but I think he was more close to Raphael, though. I don't know. I don't know if he was Casey. Close to- Casey had a like party side to him. Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. In the comic books, but in the cartoon series, he was more like a rival to Raphael. I don't. Because it was uh, like they were all they were both fighters, and they were all, mm-hmm. always trying to outdo each other. I don't know because I mean, I mean, at least in the in the first movie, which I think is probably the most. Loyal- well, in the first movie, there was so there was that uh, that first scene where they where they actually fight. The first yeah. time we see any of the turtles fight is Casey Raphael Jones. And he, yeah. Casey Jones, yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Raphael, then Raphael comes to their aid. I mean, not Raphael. Uh, Casey Jones comes to their aid when they say, when he sees the foot attacking him in the rooftop. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, man, I see you're picking out my little green, my little free buddy there. And that's when he makes a pass at, Kate, at, uh, at April. He goes, oh, yes. We have a cutie, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Dude, that movie's so good. That movie's yeah, so good, bro. I, I love yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, See, I that's think... why I said we should make a they should make a sequel a second movie based off of the first movie. I think all we the said... other ones should be trashed. Yeah. We said that on the last podcast with the movies. And well, stuff, I, we, yeah, we did we did say that. I have, I have nostalgia for the second one. Really? Yeah. Is that well, is that I... the one with, with uh Vanilla Ice. Uh, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It, that one, you that know, one, I just that one brought ahead, us sorry. Ernie Reyes Jr. Huh? Right. That, that's the one that brought us Ernie Reyes Jr. And oh he, yeah, he was fighting alongside with the yeah. turtles. That was cool. I remember that. Piece and cool. he was he was Donatello in his first movie. Yeah, he in the was first the, one. He, he was, was in the body though. Yeah, he was in the suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, like immediately thereafter, I think uh, Ninja Turtles two. He got his uh, debut in a lead role starring Surf Ninjas, which is which demonstrates some really cool martial arts. But it is a horrible movie. Yeah, the martial yeah. arts is like amazing, but the movie is just not so great. Surf Ninjas. But, but when he showed up in Turtles Two, I already knew who he was because oh, of yeah. the, the show that he was on with the what's it called. The, what was the name of that show? Where he was a little kid yeah. and and he was like a sidekick to like a cop. Oh, oh I, I forgot what you're talking I already about. knew him from that show. So I did too, I was, but he was a little, little kid. Yeah, he was a little kid, little, little kid. Yeah. Holy I also sh- liked him in um, Last Dragon. Oh, was he in Last Dragon? Yeah, he was. He was a little kid. When they started um, beating up the kid with the nunchucks. And he, and he um he was like with the with the other kids he was the smallest one there and he was doing all his crazy martial arts. So, dude, this guy has been working even though we haven't really seen him. Oh yeah, no, he's still he's still been doing stuff. He was in uh, 
there was like a fan fan movie of the Uncharted video game that he was uh, in. Yeah, he was called El Tigre, a live action fan film. Yeah, he's done a lot of like yeah, lower budget stuff, but what's the show? I'm looking <laughs> for show? it. Is it Sidekicks? Uh, yeah, Sidekicks. It's Sidekicks. It's Sidekicks. Dude, this guy's been in a, lot, in a lot of things. Yes, he was in Last Dragon. That's his first movie as Ty. Then he was in Red Sonja, which is crazy. Then he yes. was in, <laughs> Then like there was a movie called Magical World. I never saw that. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's an episode. He was in the Highway to Heaven episode. Then he was in that show, Psychics. He started 23 episodes in the Psychics. Yeah, no, he, he got big then. I, I because he was, he got to showcase his martial arts full out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every episode was about him kicking butt. Dude, like, here's the crazy thing: I don't see anything for any Reyes Jr. <clears throat> as a stunt double for Ninja Turtles One. Although I'm positive he was in the yeah, first one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. As far as IMDb, they just show like his like full blown acting, but not his stunt stuff. Dude, this guy's well, Google been- it. Google it. See who who played the force, who played the turtles in part in the original turtles. Well, I mean, they had voice actors. Yeah. Well, the voice actors is one thing, but let's say the the stunt doubles, martial arts, yeah, stunt doubles, or the I'm positive Donny Donatello was Ray, Ernie Reyes Jr. Who was voiced by Corey Feldman. Oh, <laughs> exactly. that makes sense. Yeah, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he was the. Then I think he came back in three, scene. didn't he? Corey, he went, Corey, oh, Corey Feldman. He, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. He came back he for come three. Back, he didn't come back for two, but he did come back for three. I think you're right. Yeah, because they changed the voice of Donatello in that movie. Jesus Christ, man! There's so he was, many. He was in Rush Hour two. Who? Ernie Reyes. No, he was not. Yeah, it was like, because uh, uh, that's the one with Zhang Ziyi, right? He's yeah, one of yeah. those like 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 bodyguard. Uh, was he? Yeah, I, I could have sworn. I remember. <laughs> I don't remember exact his exact scene, but. To this day, I still have not watched Rush Hour 2 or 3. <gasps> oh, Dude, <laughs> you're, you're, Dude oh. I don't want to. I don't want to watch it because the first one was so good. I liked the first one. A lot of people uh, like, oh, it was a trashy movie." I'm like, "Get out of here!" I can. I, I can understand I really not, want, not wanting to see three, but two, you definitely have to see two. Okay, I'll, I'll take that recommendation. I will watch two. Yeah, three Just is to watch Ernie Reyes. Three is a little <laughs> rough around the edges. Three, three had uh, a lot of time had passed too. From from part two to three, these mm-hmm. guys were older. Chris Tucker was as had changed, you know, personally. Hold up! Did you guys know that they're making a video game for the Last Ronin? I was going to yeah. save that till the end, but yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll edit that piece out, and then you could just. Thanks a lot, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can blow it out of the water later. <laughs> yeah, 
I do the kid. At, at, at the end, at the end, we could talk about other medias that we would love to see last running. Yeah. Okay. So, what year was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? 1985? 1986? No, it's, I think it's 90. The movie? Yeah, it's is... 91. 90. 1990. 90? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm looking for, I'm still looking for fucking. Uh... What are you looking for? <laughs> I'm looking to see wh- where Ernie Reyes Jr. played a stunt double or something. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Oh, the head thug. In the... Rush Hour? The head, the the head thug, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the nineteen ninety movie, Sam Rockwell played that character. Oh yeah, I yeah I yeah, he's in he's in that uh, scene where they're in that like warehouse where they got all the stuff that they've stolen. Uh huh. And, and you see him there, mm-hmm. like yeah, talking shit to the other kid. <laughs> okay, so Ernie Reyes is accredited as a stunt double. He did fights and the stunt double for Donatello. So Ernie Reyes Jr. is right. on here as a stunt performer. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a, there's even a picture of him in the suit. Yeah. yeah without, the, without the head. Yeah. There has to be. Anyway. No, um, there is. If you go to the Turtlepedia. <laughs> That's what I'm looking at right now. I had that up too. It wasn't just you. So anyway. um, <laughs> Uh, I just, I just think that's awesome. Uh, I love Ernie Reyes Jr. So there was so much I liked about this book, man. I'm not even gonna lie. You there's... guys, yeah, go ahead. I, I gotta take care of something because there's cool. background noise. Mm-hmm. All right, no problem. Yeah, the one thing I, I sort of liked, um, like you said, the background, the flashbacks was with, was with Eastman, his drawings. I yeah. love that dude. I saw yeah, yeah. that black and white that, that 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 took me back. I I went back to read my old books, the one I had wow. that that are not they're not in color because I know I know they did a re they did a revamp of the books, but they were in color. And I didn't, Wait, and I didn't like they colored the the original ones. Yeah, they oh, came wow. out with they have the hardcover ones, the original mm-hmm. ones that they came out with, and those are in black and white. But then they did it later on. They came out like a, a third version of it, and they told the whole story again. And it's uh, it's in color. It's the same same artist, but it's just in color, and it just didn't seem right. It didn't look right. Yeah, to me, there's there's certain charm to black and white, like yeah. comic book. That's how I feel about some of the anime, the the magna. That sometimes they, yeah. when they color I, them, they just ruin it. M- manga should not be colored. No. I am I am strict. Uh, opposed to that <laughs> yeah. whenever they try to color it 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 just ruins it true yeah. just leave it black and white that's how it's supposed to be so sorry i had to go and tell my daughter to stop singing she's like singing her little heart out every day is a you music. You does she know the Ninja Turtles theme? <laughs> hold, on, hold on, guys. Well, one at a time. <laughs> so, uh, Primo, what, what did you say? What was your joke? <laughs> yeah, he says, so you just had to go out there and break her little heart, didn't you? <laughs> no, dude. Every, every day is a musical. Every day. And every, the whole world is a stage, dude. What, what did you say, Fredo? I missed what you said. I said, does she know the Ninja Turtles thing? Maybe we could get her at the end to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think she does. Or, 
but you if, wanted to sing Ninja, Ninja, yeah, give, her Ninja some, give her some homework. Give us some homework. Be like, here, learn this song, and we're gonna come back to you. And then, oh, dude, <laughs> if if I say that to her, she will go yeah. and fucking study that shit right now just to be on the well, podcast. That would be one way. Well, that would be one way to like keep her quiet for a few. Uh, <laughs> no, minutes. dude, that's one way to make her noisier. <laughs> She's gonna be in the other room singing her little heart out, trying to like figure out how to rap Ninja Turtles or whatever. Because I'm talking about she needs if if I wanted this song sung, it's gonna be the 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 ending credit song from the 1990 movie. Yes, power, power. That one, Turtle Power. That one. Yes, that's the one I would. That's the one I would like. I remember. I remember listening to. B96 and just waiting for that song to come out so I can record it. <laughs> uh, dude, I did the same. I had a big yeah. old boom box and I had my yeah. little uh, tape recorder ready. Couldn't wait. But I was not Actually, a radio uh, person, but yeah, I remember uh, that specific song. I was like, I'm going to record it. <laughs> <laughs> when Ninja Turtles came out on, ta- on tape, I actually went and bought the soundtracks for both one, two, and three. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, because yeah, cool. it was one of my favorite groups was on on all three um, soundtracks, and that was uh, Technotronic. They oh, sang, yeah. they sang, yeah. pump up the jam. They sang right? that one song. Uh, yeah, they sang pump up the jam, but the one they were singing the spin that wheel. Oh, mm. DJ spin that wheel. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's one that's of right. that song is pretty they, good. Uh, yeah, they have a couple songs on the first on the first CD on the first um soundtrack. Yeah, and they had a couple on the second one, and then I think they only did two songs on the third one, and that was it. Okay, so here let's let's get back on track here because we totally like veered <laughs> off topic. <laughs> so last this was gonna be this was gonna be crazy. I don't I don't envy you, Edgar. I don't even I don't even know how to do this. I don't even know if I'll I'll make shorties. I think I'm just gonna let this motherfucker fly. You know? Okay, yeah, I think you should. Uh, I think you should let it fly every now and then. Unless you want to break it up into the different issues and make those shorties and just have this whole thing be shorties. Huh. <clears throat> like one continuous, like this is a series. Issue one, issue two, issue three. Yeah. But I, still, I still don't know how you <laughs> do that. Yeah. No, because break, first... break it up by discussions. Each, each one is a comic. We discussed, you did one yeah. already. We talked about the first book. That'll be the first shorty. Yeah. But you see, that would have been something be... we should have thought of before we started yeah. recording. It's too late now. That's <laughs> no, all right. Let's just go with it, bros. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's uh, let's pick up the pace here a little bit. And uh, mm-hmm. since we veered off topic and it's we're already like an hour in. So right. um, so here, let's let's jump around a little bit. So uh, next thing you know, they have that conversation, the big reveal. Casey Ruri Jones is the daughter of Casey Jones and April O'Neil. And she's learning martial arts, right? In mm-hmm. the meantime, uh, Oroku Hirato is in his palace, kicking the crap out of his subordinates. We find out that he kills his, his captain, or he had killed his captain. He had a uh, captain named Ikazua or Ikuza. And he basically murders him for failing to cap to uh, kill the intruding turtle. Mm-hmm. And now the person in charge is Captain Fukuda. And you know, there's a nice little scene of you know some crows picking yeah. at a dead skull. Right. 
we flash back or we head back to the lair. Mikey continues to, to have this discussion and they continue to kind of fill out the world for us. And we find out that there's an area called the rock bottom, which is basically, I, I guess, the slums of this area, which is where they are hanging out or what, what they're, they're part of. Right. They divide it into like levels, like, like the rock bottom, then there's the, you know, the, uh, ground level and then there's like this you know the skyscrapers where all the rich people i guess live yeah and uh yeah it's it's uh it becomes pretty clear that it's a world uh, dominated by roku uh hirato and uh there's poverty there's real poverty there's real like oppression but you know there's not much that people can do and april o'neill continues to be kind of like part of a resistance to this uh, regime. So then I guess uh, April, April's daughter, Casey Marie Jones takes Mikey around the, the layer and shows him that she's been practicing and that she's been reading the journal that he had, that, that he was carrying with him. It's basically the, the journal that was created by, I guess, Master Splinter. And she's been kind of learning ninjutsu from it. Or not, I guess she's not been learning from that book. She's been learning on her own, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, she, she started going through this book and she finds it amazing. But then like, we get the reveal of how he survived. He basically, uh, after the big battle, he found himself somehow, I guess, in the mountains of Japan walking in the snow and all he ever did was walk and walk and walk and spend time on his own. And he was kind of hoping to die. And this is part of like, this is one of those scenarios, I guess, whenever Mikey tells his side of the story from that time while he was in Exodus, you know, where he was by himself in seclusion, it's always going to be that, that old school style that we talked about the Kevin Eastman drawings. Right, and it's the black uh-huh. and white, the really rough drawings, the old school chi- type drawings where the turtles' faces are very uniquely drawn. And he's spending that time by himself. He's just isolated, and he just he was kind of hoping to die, but he wouldn't die. And we kind of get a sense that there's something uh, extra keeping him alive. Right. As they're discussing about what happened, one of the things I guess Casey Marie Jones finds is that there's a page that says no peace. Right. And he's trying to, I guess Mikey is dealing with the fact that he can't, he won't die. Something inside him won't let him, won't, won't let him die. And his brothers continue to kind of haunt him. So he has this guilt. So he, there isn't any peace for this man. Right. He, he can, he's kind of suffering with the guilt and in life and he's ostracized because he's a, you know, he's a freak, he's a mutant. And so where does he have to go, right? So he's, he's kind of, you know, I, I, he must be lonely, but he's also probably like uh, wishing he was dead, right? So then he has, he has this discussion with this girl. And I guess at one point, man, this is, this is hard because I remember this a little differently. And I just read it the other day. But well, I guess... I think... It, yeah, it it pretty much sums up. Uh, Mike Michelangelo agrees to teach her. No, 
at some right. point, and I and yeah. I don't I don't at remember. the end of this discussion, I thought that's where it led. Okay. Well, it leads to that discussion. Like he, she's asking for the book to be like she wants, like for him to teach him, since he's the only the only one who knows how to read the book correctly, you know, and what the meanings of the teachings are. And then the way he describes it, the way she for, talks about it, is she, he, Mike Landon pretty much says, you, you remind me of one, somebody who, who act just the same as you. Which I think, yeah, I think he's referring to Raphael. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we go to another part of this layer where we see April. She walks up to the vault and she opens it up, a safe, and pulls out a head, a robot head. Robot head. Mm-hmm. Right, and then that's when that book two ends. Yeah, it should. And then two we start ends, off. Yeah, in part three, we we see like the beginning of, I guess, the I rise. Want to say it's like a, I want to say it's like an initiation of him taking over the clan. Him being Hirato uh, Oroku Hirato, right? Right, correct. He's he's being initiated as the new leader of this clan, and they're making him pledge his allegiance and his life to. To this clan, to the to the ninja clan, which used to be the foot, and it's now the Oruku clan, right? From there, he he makes his announcement. He pleads, he pledges, um, he pledges his life to the clan, and dismisses everybody. And he goes to no, that's a that's considered a flashback. He's thinking about this while he's getting ready for to make an announcement to the city, right? Right. Here's, here's so he what... makes an announcement. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, here's what I don't understand, though. Like, it seems like he's talking about peace. Like, he's interested. Yeah, there is in the there is mention of a yeah. treaty between both the clans. You right. know, and I was under the impression that somebody—they don't say who broke the who broke the the truce. They just said one says they did it, the other one says the other one did it. Well, and that I, was an issue too. No, I don't think that is. I think, well, I mean, it appears to be that at first, but I think it was all a ruse. No, uh, yeah, it, it the, was all a, a plan to make to make it so that they would, you know, trap Splinter and the and the I was going to say the kids, the turtles, so that they can kill them and and be done with the feud for one, once and for all. Because once once they attacked Splinter and he got better, he was like, "This has to end." Like and he and mm -hmm. he, uh, you saw the motivation in him to reach out to the other clan and try to work out a, a truce between the two clans. Okay, that that I do remember. Yes. And so then, yeah. So now we're in the present, and we're in his lair, and we see that his mother is being in that is in that stasis chamber, and I wasn't mm -hmm. sure who she was at first. I didn't realize that was his mother. This character is kind of new to me. I didn't mm -hmm. know she was. A long-standing character. She is part of the franchise. She she is a, a real character. It's not something just made up for this particular. Story. No, she's been in the cartoon. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. She she came out of the cartoon in '06. That's when she made her first appearance as Karai. <laughs> and she happens yeah. to be the daughter of um, adopted daughter of um, the Shredder. Oh, she's the adopted daughter. She's not the actual daughter. There is a there's there's been so many stories concerning this character. She is adopted. She is actually the the actual daughter of Splinter. You know the 
there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy when it comes to this story. There's different stories with her. She was an adopted daughter because in that cartoon series, it was a Krang that was the Shredder. So he adopted her and raised her as her own, and so that she would take the mantle of the Shredder one day. In the original storyline, um, what's his name? Shredder killed the love interest of um, uh, Hamato Yoshi. And in the other story, supposedly Shredder killed Hamato Yoshi. Supposedly he killed Hamato Yoshi and his his wife and kidnapped the daughter and raised her thinking that the Hamato clan were the ones that killed your parents. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy, there's crazy stories come from her, but they're all different, but they all say the same thing. She starts off working with Orokusaki and she was raised by him. So there's several stories about her. Dude, there's so much, there's so much here, man. Yeah. There's like all these characters. I'm looking at the, the Turtlepedia fandom. Um, oh, there's the tur- so the, many new the characters. Turtle it's crazy. It's massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. not just, there's more turtles. There's a Jenny and a Venus. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, there's fuck. a Venus de Milo. And then Jenny is a former Foot Clan member who betrayed Shredder and was about to die. And she had a, a blood transfusion from Donatello. And that's how she mutated into a turtle, and she joined the cur- the turtles. What? Yeah, she, her her weapons are the the claws. Dude, she she looks pretty mm-hmm. badass. Yeah, oh, I can't, yeah, she's I can't pretty be- badass. I can't believe you know this shit. I can't believe you know but, this shit. It's and fun- Venus de Milo is um she was the fifth turtle they introduced in a live action TV show yeah. that made her way to the TV. And in the in the comic books, my fault. In the comic books, and in the comic books, she is actually a mutant turtle with other mutant parts. So she has like a leg of a gecko, a hand of a, you know. She's a mitch, mismatch. She's a she's like a Frankenstein. Yeah, she's yeah. A, she's a chimera. Wow, that's pretty quick. <laughs> that's crazy. So, like, I'm looking at some of the crew drawings because, like, you know, some of that is fun. The Krang original drawing is wacky, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So but uh, this this comic is the last Ronin. I think they purposely set it way in the future because it, it's not it's it's not supposed to connect to the current Ninja Turtle uh, universe. Yeah. No, not, not so it's almost like a standalone. They 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 mm. just have your your major players, you know, your 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 leaders from this clan, and and then side characters of April O'Neil, and it's, then it's part of the Turtle Mole Keepers. <clears throat> That's what it is, right there. It's part of the what? The Turtle Multiverse. That's multiverse. what I like to call it. I <laughs> I hope it's not a multiverse. I want it to be the main timeline. I just. But it, I, I'm, and I think I understand what Fredo's saying that it's far enough in the future you could still write to this point, mm-hmm. right? And not right. make any of it conflict with what's out there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it, true. And but, just by the fact of the characters that they use, they they made it so it's like if some other stories come along the way, it, it, this is far in the future, far far advanced in the future, and it doesn't use too many characters. Where mm-hmm. you know, it could just stand on its own, even if it doesn't connect to anything. Yeah, 
Correct. So it's um, just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's just an end chapter. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So anyway, at, uh, going back to the story, at this point, we discover that that's his mom in there in that case. Uh, and then Oroku Hirato becomes a, I guess, projects a giant hologram. Projects the, himself, right. Yeah, in the middle of, of the city and demands that the city look for the turtle, but also tells everyone for their for the sake of their safety to... Pretty much declares martial law. Basically yeah, yeah. declares martial law. Yeah, I was trying to find the words to kind of exp, uh, explain that, but was failing miserably. But yeah, so yeah, it's martial <laughs> law. And so then the police force everybody back into their homes. The people are fucking pissed off. And then, you know, people start getting blasted, right? At the end of which, uh, Oroku Hirato says, you know, your master has spoken. Like saying you guys are my slaves, basically, you know, pretty much. We cut to another scene where Mikey's having a conversation with the turtles and is interrupted by Casey Marie Jones. Casey Marie mm -hmm. Jones then leads her, leads him into a room where they're bringing back to life or they're working on the fudgy toy, who is actually Professor Satan. Honeycutt. Uh, I got I to gotta say, Professor Satan Honeycutt, that's a very clever name, Satan, the way they you know, spelled Satan. So, but yeah, I guess he's a robot. So, uh, Primo, yeah. I suspect that you know everything about Mr. Honeycutt or Professor Honeycutt. Yeah. Can you fill us in, please? Sure. He is from the... He is from another planet. Oh, he's, he's from another planet. Toy. Okay. Yeah, he is a future toy who used to uh, he used to be a professor that was humanoid, and what he did was he was a part of a feuding uh, interstellar war between the Triceratons and the Terrans from that planet, from where he's from. And anyone who had any knowledge of scientific breakthroughs were enforced to enlist. So, Mister Professor Honeycutt, what he did was he created the first teleporter. So um, the army sort of forced their way into his house and ruined an experiment, and his mind was transferred into his fugitoid helper. Hmm. So they thought Professor Honeycutt was dead, but in reality, his mind was inside the robot. So when the knowledge, when people started finding out that he was the professor, both the Triceratons and the humans decided to capture him and use his knowledge to create a teleporter that they thought would win the war. Huh. So he sort of like tried to teleport somewhere else, someplace safe where they wouldn't find him. And by accident, they blasted and teleported and he ended up on Earth. And then in one of the in the comic books, you see the Triceratons actually invaded Earth just to get to him. Huh. Right. They send like scouts to come get him, and the the Triceratons are actually tri Triceratops dinosaurs who are aliens. Dude, that is so fucking bananas. <laughs> I can't believe this fucking book made so much money. I can't believe it's still around. It's so fucking crazy. These guys had to have been high when they fucking made this shit. High or drunk, maybe both. We don't both. know. We don't know. <laughs> there's, you know, but the, look, 
the level of creativity and nonsense that is in here is crazy. A planet with dinosaurs that are basically triceratops have evolved with brains and now there's another set of humanoids and they're fighting with these humanoids on a planet and then one of these brilliant people put themselves in it's just fucking crazy <laughs> it's i can't even it's just fucking crazy i can't believe someone made this shit and 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 it's entertaining not just not just, not just one person two people yeah two people yeah yeah, yeah there, there's For all no you know it could as a talking toaster and it ended up being this you know <laughs> dude, dude whatever the man i can't believe this shit and and not only is this so fucking bananas but it set this it set these guys up for life right oh yeah did you ever hear the story of like uh when these guys got like money got in you know when they got really big no one, I, of, the, <laughs> one of the first things kevin eastman bought can you guess what this guy bought was it like a nintendo or something stupid no. What did he buy? This this dude bought a tank. <laughs> oh shit. And he parked it outside his house. Wow. He spent a million dollars. <laughs> and he, he, there's pictures of this guy just like in the tank and like he... <laughs> How do you even get, mean, How do you even get yeah. that shipped to your house? It's not road legal. You can't <laughs> drive it around. It's just like they he just blew a million dollars. Like, yeah. They had wow. to sell him a, like a decommissioned tank. You know, something know, that wouldn't yeah. move, that would be just stationary. It would, it would never be able to, you would <laughs> never be able to use it to shoot or move it. I don't you even know? know. I don't even know if the streets can take a vehicle like that. I think that thing is so no. heavy. It probably breaks the concrete as it, as it rolls around. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, uh, but that's, the, that's, the, that's the amazing thing about these two guys. Like Peter Laird was the more like conservative guy, where like he put his money into like you know savings and and this guy was like the rock star. He was just like whatever, <laughs> throwing money everywhere, <laughs> buying tanks. Uh, of course, <laughs> he's the one. Who... They, but somehow they had a friendship. You know, they had a collaboration. They created this this amazing like you know property that we're discussing now. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah. It's been going on for years. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Going back to the story, Mikey is crazy impressed at the fact that they, the Fugitoid might still work, but they don't want to turn it on because they're afraid that turning it on will alert Baxter Stockman, another right. fucking character from back in the day. Baxter Stockman is still mm-hmm. alive. And so uh, why don't you tell us, Cousin Primo, who Baxter Stockman mm-hmm. is? <laughs> Baxter Stockman is the original creator of the Mousers who was fascinated with technology okay so in there's different versions of him the first version we ever see of him is in the um in the cartoon where he's just a loony scientist who created a uh, a walking mousetrap right and he got thrown out of his butt because he was gonna put the uh, the rival um extermination company out of business later on he um he sides up with shredder gets mutated into Baxter the fly stockman. That's right. He got yeah. mutated into a fly. That's right. Right. So that was from the cartoon. And the original storyline, he was a scientist who was, was obsessed with technology. He would steal it from anybody just to make just to better his science. 
his monsters were not only mouse traps, they were also his warriors, his uh, his trackers, everything. Um, later on, he sided up with the with the Uongs, who are the the Krang species, and he was fascinated with their technology, so he stole it and started making like cyborg bodies for himself. So he started replacing his body parts with cyborg parts. So now he's just a walking, talking computer. You and he's still fast. Yes. You you are a walking, talking computer of like fucking pop culture, no. motherfucker. Like I I can't. <laughs> I mean I'm I mean I'm doing I'm doing this kind of on purpose because I I'm not surprised that you know this. Like you you know this shit. <laughs> so like just so you know, and I might have to cut some of this out, but just so you know, I'm you're the go to guy for. For little details on the characters, no, so, I appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank, no, 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 no. For real, like <laughs> whenever we do like pop culture stuff, that's your job now. <laughs> yeah. Even, Even if, if I don't like, want it, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> what, were you, what were you gonna say, Fredo? All right. I I said you should always have him like on standby. Any podcast you do, even if he's not part of it, just have him on standby. I may I may I may need you for for a little. Earlier, <laughs> do you remember back in the, when the earlier shows we used to do that? We said ads when we didn't know anything. We would ask Dan. Yeah, we should do that. Ask Dan. Yeah. Well, Dan Dan has uh Dan has a a very he has like a different set of knowledge. He he's right. got like all kinds of factoids about general information and stuff, and it's crazy mm-hmm. what he comes up with. But you have all the fucking pop culture stuff on lockdown, dude. Like all the comic book <laughs> stuff, all the fucking uh, anime, all the fu- all that all that shit. You have that shit on on fucking lockdown. It's crazy. It's it's really uh, impressive. Thank you, thank you. Too yeah. bad it won't make me rich. Eventually it will someday. So you, you never know. Okay, so speaking yeah. of not not again, not to be off topic, but there was a episode of Amazing Things, which uh it's the only episode I kind of remember of Amazing Things. I'm talking about old Amazing Things from the eighties or whenever it originally aired. Amazing there, Things? What or no, not Amazing Things, Amazing Stories. Amazing I'm sorry. Stories? Okay, yes, yeah, yes. Amazing Stories. Amazing yes. Stories. There was an episode of the Amazing Stories where this guy, all he did was collect garbage. And not garbage, but, you know, collectibles. Like, so he had, like, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, cups and collectible this and collectible that, comic books, etc. And eventually, he ended up being poor, and he was driving around in his, in his badass but old convertible. And he was stuck at a at a gas station with no gas and he was an old man and he had nothing but the stuff in his car, which was all the collectibles that he's collected over the years. And he's just driving around with all this stuff. That's all he has in life. Doesn't have family, doesn't have anything. He's an old man and he's sitting at the gas station. He doesn't have any money for gas and he's sitting there and he's just like, I guess I, I forget how it worked out, but he turns to someone and he says like, Hey, can I, can I sell you this? I need gas. And he gives them, it's one of those, um, I forgot what they called. Uh, they're they're the cups with the faces on them. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. The Steins, beer Steins. It was oh, a, the beer Steins. Yeah, it was a beer Stein, and he was like, he was he turned to this guy and he's like, hey, can you buy this beer Stein for me? I, I just need some gas. And the guy's like, wait a minute, what what is this? And he looked at it, and then he looked at the at the stuff in his car, and he's like, "I'll give you a thousand dollars for this beer stein, and I'll give you another blah 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 for that, and another." Blah. And then next thing you know, his eyes light up, and he realizes he's got a fucking car full of treasure. 
And so then it cuts from there, from him being a poor person to a giant auction where all his stuff is being sold and he's a billionaire, right? Or millionaire because, you know, it's the 80s. And so he's standing there by himself, an old man, and he's, you know, watching all the stuff being sold. And some woman, you know, attractive woman approaches him and is like, you know, he strikes up a conversation with her. And then he just walks off with this woman next to him. And he's going to live happily ever after as an old man with all the, because of all the crap he collected with him over the years. And he's been dragging around with him. And now he's got, he's got these riches. He didn't know he had, he accumulated over his life. He has all this wealth that he did not know he had until he started selling it. You know, I think about that story a lot, you know, cause uh, you may not have the, the wealth when you want it right you don't have anything at that moment right it's just the the stuff that you collect it's just whatever it doesn't become precious until you're a little older right that's how that's how memory works that's how stories are right you you don't have anything to say or you don't have any stories to tell because you haven't accumulated any yet right none of that shit is any good until you get older and then you can you can put a perspective on stuff you've collected enough of your own story that you can put a you could put together a a memoir right and put it out there and someone might buy it because they might find it entertaining right it, 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 that's what this that's what that amazing stories episode tells me and I feel sometimes that all of us are just old men carrying around bullshit <laughs> that we think is just garbage. Or other people think that is garbage, but we haven't decided. We haven't turned around and and, and decided to try to sell it, right? <laughs> we might have a story in you, you old ass motherfuckers, that you don't realize you have that's worth telling, you know. Um, but anyway, but there's even... another there's another show now I want to tell you about that maybe you've heard of, but uh, that kind of maybe leans into this one. But I don't know. Have you ever seen Hoarders? What is it? Horrors? Hoarders. Hoarders. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Maybe they should try yeah, to auction yeah. off the garbage. There's, there's the, that's, that's a show where, like, the other side of that story that you were talking about. Yeah. Well, this guy, this, guy was, this guy wasn't collecting, <laughs> people, like, a, a hundred cats with, and, 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 you know, a thousand well, newspapers. Collect, yeah, people collecting garbage, and then it overtakes mm. their, 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 their life. Yeah. Well, that's what oh, happened yeah. to this guy. He was essentially a hoarder, right? <laughs> but it, uh, apparently his, his garbage was, it, was, it, a price, it, was priceless. Right. His had a happy ending. But then there's the other, other side to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you see, the, that this show highlights, you know. But the thing, the difference is, is that those people, those hoarders, mm -hmm. they're hoarders because they're not willing to part with their trash, right? Oh this, yeah, yeah. Right. This guy was waiting for for the the wealth he was carrying to to come to uh, maturity. He had investments, and he was waiting for them to pop. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that. Uh, how that is similar to storytelling is uh, our stories that we collect, their investments, these right. experiences that we have, their investments. They'll they'll pay out eventually. Eventually, mm -hmm. that experience is going to pay out somehow. Mm -hmm. They're going to mature and they and they're going to give you something back, even if it's small, right? It might be small, but like you know, cousin Primo here, 
not to put you on the spot, Primo, but all that fucking, all that comic book knowledge that you have, all that nonsense that people used to make fun of us for, mm-hmm. that's wealth, brother. It's, it's shining right now. <laughs> it's shining right oh, now, yeah. man. You know? <laughs> so, anyway, um, let's... That don't let's, have to be a shorty. i think you're right that that's uh uh kind of compartmentalized enough right yeah Yeah, it's material right there yeah so they decide that they don't want to turn on the fudgetoid but then you get a flashback of when the fudgetoid was actually working right and you realize that baxter stockman was after the fudgetoid after professor honeycutt i'm going to go back and forth between calling Honeycut, Honeycut and Honeycut and, and Fudgetoid. Uh, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing Fudgetoid correctly. Fugitoid. Is it f- like fugitive? fugitive? Okay. Fugitive. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Robot head. Okay. Robot. Yeah. The robot. <laughs> Football head. The yeah. robot. So then they're, I, I guess eventually they, um, they're talking about well, an attack. Right, April figures out, or this this is going this is her big plan to bring down uh, the Baxter Stockman uh, building or whatever security system that he has in place. Correct, and um, and we well, do know that what what it is is that they're 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 trying to build a ship so they can head to Japan. Is that what they're so, doing? So that's no, what they're that's, doing. They're trying to get out. They're trying to get out of. The, they're trying to get out of the city. That's what that's all about. Oh, that's right. Look at that. I, I'm looking at the frame right now. There is a mm-hmm. there is a spaceship in the background. That's a flashback, no? Yeah, that is a flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. is this is this is a flashback. But this is when Master uh, Master Splinter and Donatello were supposed to were supposed to head to Japan. That was the whole point of him there. They're trying to build a ship, and Professor Honeycutt is building it. But the the Foot Clan, I mean, uh, what's his name? Baxter Starman finds out that the Fugitoid is there. So he sends his cyber ninjas to go to capture Professor Honeycutt. So from there, they're already, they have placed guards all over the place so they can guard, so they can get, they can make their escape out of the city. But then the cyber ninjas start showing up and start taking out the guards. So that's when, that's when um, they alert the rest of the team that, hey, we're being attacked. And Baxter Stockman throws a hissy fit. He's like, you know what? You just ruined the whole plan. You were seen, and now they warn. He goes, I need you to go get that. I need you to get that fugitoid and get him out of here. I need that fugitoid. So he's trying to um, drain his knowledge so he can absorb his, his science. So they tell him that um, Leonardo and Casey Jones are going to hold them back while Michelangelo, April Neal, and um, the Fugitoid, and uh, Master Splinter and Donatello make their way toward Japan. Oh, well, but actually, they can't... Actually, only Donatello got, and, and Master Splinter get on the ship. Yeah, Right, which is what I was going to say, because they went, they went ahead. I'm sorry, they went ahead, and um, while April was concerned for Casey... That's why she stayed back, and and April Neal was being protected by Michelangelo. So that's what happened because um, both Leonardo and Casey Jones stayed back to fend off the ninjas, the cyber ninjas. So once they broke into the base, they closed the door. What's his name? Oh, Splinter and Donatello made it out. But uh, April Neal stayed behind with Mikey and to help out the fugitoid. 
help him escape. But they were ambushed and um, they were getting their ass kicked. Okay. And both um, the fugitive got damaged as well. And Hunt and uh, Baxter Stockman freaked out because it was one of his own foot soldiers that his own cyber soldiers that messed him up. So then after they defeated those guys, on the other, they were pushed behind the door by Leonardo and Casey. They were, it was Professor Honeycutt holding the door while Raphael, I mean, while April O'Neil and Mikey were still on the other side of that door. And then uh, Baxter Stockman unleashed a horde of flying mousers and the cyber ninjas. So then the last two that were holding the door were Leonardo and Casey. And they were cracking jokes at each other. He goes, oh, okay, the one who wins, the one who loses has to buy the pizza. And he goes, okay, well, in that case, I want pineapples. And Casey's like, who eats pineapples on pizza? So the fugitoid said, you know, I'm tired of running. And he goes, he goes, I will not let you guys pass. Baxter stopped and said, well, if I can't have you, no one will. So he detonates his entire army. His mousers, his foot soldiers, all of them. He does them just at the level of the base. And you all, at the end of the, that scene, you see the base blow up. All you see is Leonardo's sword and Casey Jones' mask in the rubble. And that's how they died. Yeah, and that's how mm-hmm. you lose. That's how you lose Leonardo. That's how we lose Casey and Jones. Case. That's how April O'Neil loses an arm and a leg. Right. And then uh, we eventually get to the point of the story where we it is revealed that she was pregnant while she was mm-hmm. out she got pulled out of the out of the rubble they found her and she was already pregnant with Casey Marie Jones he doesn't she doesn't even understand how that even happened she didn't realize that she was pregnant at the time but when she woke up she was like she had a big ass belly and she was like what and yeah man that that was a big surprise well, for her to wake up to well she knew she was she was pregnant because they told her when they found her. Yeah. She, she was surprised she was pregnant, but she was in the rehab for like six months. So as she was being, she, while she was doing the rehab, she was pregnant. Yeah. She got bigger and bigger and bigger. She actually had the baby in the hospital that she was having the rehab in. Yeah. But that's, um, we're jumping the gun with that part. No, yeah, no we still haven't hit that part. Yeah. No, let's, let's, uh, let's speed ahead. Uh, I think we can, okay. um, we don't need to go page by page. But yeah, so she she's in recovery, and then is that when uh, she decides to go underground, like when she gives birth to Casey Marie? Yeah, she, she says the only. Go, she decides to go back to the lair to, to see to one to see to see if any of the turtles survived, as well as to hide herself. So she does that, and then she's explaining to Michelangelo while she take while she's taking blood from him as well, right? You know, because she's there's something that we don't we all that she knows, but hasn't told anybody else yet. Okay. Then the next part of the chapter is uh, Michelangelo and April are discussing about turning him on again, turning on the fugitoid, and it's like we they can't do it. So now she's asking Michael, what happened? What happened to you after the explosion? And he says that he went to. He went back to the lair, grabbed some supplies when he couldn't find anybody, and hitched a ride on a plane to Japan. So yeah. from there, he um, he tells that story, and April says, "You shouldn't feel guilty for what happened to her. You know, she's her lost in an arm and a foot, 
I mean, in LA, uh, Casey Marie Jones shows up and starts saying that it's hell up there. Then we do a, we go back up up to the city and where we see um, Hiroshi. What's his name? Her, Hi- Hiroto or Hirato. Hiroto is is like yelling and he, preaching. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. It, it's, starts, I don't even know if it has a place. Uh, right. Like I think I think you can cut that out. And like if you were to cut that out of the book, I don't think it would affect anything. It's just weirdness. Yeah, what was the point of that? Uh I don't no, know. Uh, it's to show people he was mad. Yeah, I guess. You know, that or yeah, crazy mad. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. crazy mad, yeah. Yeah. So then anyway, uh we get back to the lair and they show April O'Neill shows Michelangelo this badass tank. And then there's a flashback between what's happening now and them mm-hmm. planning an attack on Baxter Stockman's uh, building. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of planning. They go back and forth. There's this whole big giant plan. It's a little convoluted, but basically mm-hmm. they need to get through the, the doors to let people in uh, so they can get their soldiers through the doors and they have to basically blast through them. But it proves to be a lot harder than it than it was planned, and people are dying in the meantime. Uh, eventually, finally, Mikey gets on the other side of the the building mm-hmm. and lets lets the soldiers in. Starts kicking ass on on one side. Meanwhile, April O'Neil finally shows up and busts through the door with that giant tank that she showed Mikey, right? Right. Uh, that is uh, eventually that all uh, reveals the downfall of of Baxter Stockman, and Baxter mm-hmm. Stockman eventually gets defeated at at his little island because that's where he was. He was situated on an island, and it was very fortified with all kinds of lasers and whatever. And so they blow mm-hmm. up the place. But one thing, one thing I do want to mention is that they. There was a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of the music you're listening to is titled Goji Berries by Low Five. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. So let me tell you a little something about Epidemic Sound. With your subscription at Epidemic Sound, you will have access to a wide variety of different genres of music. And then you can use that music in your content. So for a monthly fee, you have access to all their music. And you can put that in your Instagram reels or pop it into your YouTube channel, whatever. I love Epidemic Sound. I think they have wonderful music. And I think you will too. So if you want to try out Epidemic Sound for your content, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Also, let me tell you about Titan Fitness. You can get weights there. You can get racks. You can get dumbbells. There's all kinds of equipment you can find there. But they have a great price. So if you're looking to build a home gym, I would highly recommend you go to Titan Fitness. And if you do, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Yeah, man. I There was moments in that book. I teared up, man. I thought they were great. It was a great addition to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story. If you're a comic book geek like myself, man, you should read that. If you're fans of the Turtles, you should also read that. So good. Now, if you're looking to follow us on social media, my name is Ergo Otra Vez, all one word on Instagram. And you can also find my good friend Fredo under the name Fredo's Video Games. And don't forget to follow my cousin, Cousin Primo, under the name the underscore real underscore Cousin Primo, also on Instagram. And if you want to find out more about us just in general, make sure you go to theflowrollpodcast.com. Check it out. 
And if you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at. Press all the buttons that make the podcast God's happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ego Travis. Behave yourselves. Later.